you guys have learned throughout the season, I can continue to talk with people. I have the ability to carry conversations, but I'm also sitting with somebody who can do the exact same thing. So I just want to say that to say welcome to part two of my conversation with Sarah Lovestyle. So in, in the work that I do, I, I have to talk to quite a few CEOs as well. And one of the things that they're consistently focused on is building the right culture. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that reflect who you are as a person that you're attempting to build within the culture, within your organization? The thing that I love about my team and the folks that I work with, and I say work with and not for, they don't mm -hmm. work for me. We yep. work together. It is one unit, one band, one sound moving at, at the same time. Because if you don't, even if like one sound is off from the band, it sounds awful. Yeah. Um, and for me, it is, it's the same way Sarah Lifestyle operates. It is a mission of love. It is a mission of kindness, acceptance, um, but we're also going to be disruptors. We're also going to try something new. And my team knows that they can fail and I'm not going to be mad. Yeah. They have to have an opportunity to fail. They have to have an opportunity to take risks. They have to have an opportunity to be able to come to me and say, you know what, Sarah, I, this is going well and we love what you're doing here, but we really think this could be better. Um, and I think it's being able to ha have that open dialogue and communication with my team as well um, is a very big part of the culture. I think almost everyone on my team has been with me for at least five years. Mm. Um, and I think the only person that left got married and she's living her best life. Like that is that is my goal is to continue to build, um, but also giving them grace to grow and evolve as human beings um, as their personal lives are changing and mine. Um, and in the business. So pivoting here a little bit, are there any common misconceptions you would say when it comes to resilience? Ooh. I don't know necessarily if, yes, at least internally, we think we have to deal with it alone. Yeah. We don't or that we think um, strength is hiding our emotions or hiding our vulnerability or not finding the space to be open and to talk about what we're dealing with. I, am, I know that sometimes we think we have to deal with it alone. I'm not superwoman, I don't have to be, and I don't owe that to anybody. Right. Um, and also, I don't wear, and I say this with all due respect, I don't wear strength like as a badge of honor. Yeah. I feel you. Trust me. I don't want to be strong. There are so many moments where I'm like, I don't want to be strong. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm not okay. I'm hurting. I feel like I'm failing. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what the next move is. Um, and so then I force myself to have to be strong sometimes or f trying to force myself to be resilient before I'm even ready. Yeah. Who decided that that's how I heal? Who decided that there's a time frame for how I move next? And so I think that grace for myself and um, we were actually talking about this earlier and you mentioned it, um, forgiveness mm. of self. Are there any specific moments that immediately come to mind when you think about those times when you had to forgive yourself? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, which is wild. It's so wild to think about and to say out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I know one of those times was feeling like it was my fault, like with what happened with Josiah, even though it wasn't. Yeah. And it's just what happened. Um, I thought maybe I did something wrong. Did I eat something wrong? Did I, was I not supposed to eat sushi? And I did. And maybe, you know, coffee when you're not supposed to. And I, you know, I started to replay all those things, but I had to just let it go. Um, you know, my heart attack, I was overweight as much as I would like to blame the fact that I was pregnant. It wasn't, I was overweight yeah. and it was too much on my body and emergency C-section. So all of it was just too much. Um, but forgiving my body, even though, cause I felt like it failed me. Um, and, um, probably my divorce because nobody wants to fail at something. Oh, trust me. I'm with you. You don't, you don't go into it. You don't get married thinking that it's going to end like that. Yeah. Um, or you don't even get married with the end in mind. Um, but I had to forgive myself and it took shoof, at least two years worth of therapy to like folks, someone asked me actually just yesterday and they're like, oh, are you dating or have you started dating? And I said, no. And they asked me why. And I said, cause I did not want to bleed my failure onto someone else. I didn't want to bleed whatever had happened and however it ended and how it imploded on someone else. And so, but even in saying that, I feel like for me, that was me forgiving my, myself for what what happened and how it ended, um, but also allowing myself the permission to move forward with my life. Um, and I think sometimes, especially as women, as moms, um, you know, even on a light day, when I feel like I wasn't a very good mom, having to forgive myself for, for the kind of mom that I was that day. Yeah. Um, or sometimes the forgiveness is I didn't do enough for myself um, and forgiving myself for mistakes that I've made or things that I've said. Um, and I'm one of those people where like, I remember I said something to someone back in 2000. <laughs> like I remember the date, time, place, where I was when I said something and I didn't mean it in that way, but that still eats at me. Mm. Um, and so it's, yeah, forgiveness is necessary. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just amazing to kind of hear you share some of those pieces of your journey because I know for me personally, I felt like I just failed myself. I felt like I failed my family. I felt like I failed everybody yeah. at different parts of my journey. So I got to a place where I said, listen, you have to forgive yourself and learn to let go. Yeah. What are some of the things that you did that you think allowed you to let go? My truth is it, it, I struggled. Yeah. Um, therapy mm -hmm. <laughs> is what helped being able to talk it out and having, um, a close circle of, of like one or two people in my life that allowed me to talk it out. Um, but letting go is hard. Yeah. Letting go forced me to cut the cords from people and things that did not serve me. Um, but sometimes those things or those people are comfortable. And what we don't know on the opposite side of letting go, sometimes like we stay too long in relationships, we stay at a job for too long, knowing we're miserable, um, knowing we're being hurt by friends or whatever and we won't let them go. I think it's, it is healthy and that we should be reevaluating every aspect of our lives and letting it go. Um, but more than anything, it's at least for me, it was for me. I had to. Yeah. It was literally detrimental. I I remember times where I couldn't sleep at night and like my heart would be palpitating and I would get the shakes in the middle of the night and I wasn't sleeping for weeks or months on end. Um, and I'm like, this is not healthy. I have to let it go yeah. for my own sanity. Yeah. I mean, that literally was my, my journey too as I went through 
all the stuff that I dealt with, with with my family and just all the stuff that I was dealing with with personally, I remember there were so many times where I just could not go to sleep and I would get like an hour, sometimes 30 minutes mm-hmm. of sleep and I'm literally going through all of this, still trying to show up yes. for everybody. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier, you, you're not Superwoman mm-hmm. and I found out the hard way that I'm not Superman. And the I, weight is heavy. Yeah, because we carry so much, and that really does more damage to us than anybody that we're connected to, even though it also damages them too. In saying all of that, I feel like the, the next question I want to ask you is, are there any pieces of advice, whether it's multiple pieces of advice or a single piece of advice that you could share with somebody as they're going through that journey that you could say, hey, this is what helped me make it through? There are several. Um, it's one, finding your purpose and your calling in life. And sometimes they're not the same thing. Um, I hear people say, you know, my purpose and my passion, but those are not the same thing either. Right. Um, and so it's doing the internal work for yourself. It's not with the other person in mind. It's not with the job in mind. It's not with your career or your business in mind. It's really navigating who are you and being able to accept yourself as you evolve in every aspect of your life. Um, prayer, meditation, gratitude, journal. Um, find the things that bring you peace. Find the things that you know you can do, you don't do well and get better at them. So become a student in the areas where you want to learn. If there's a business you want to learn, like go find that place. Um, and then when it comes to resilience, a lot of it is finding the right people, finding peace, finding joy, choosing joy, um, but also understanding like you're going to fail and finding a system that works for you to help you get through your failure. Um, I know for me in particular, when I can see something is going downhill, first of all, not ignoring my intuition. Mm-hmm. Every time I've ignored my intuition, I've bombed and failed. And even and even when I'm going through it and I recognize it, um, now I'm really hyper aware of, of when something is about to change and when something is about to fall apart. Um, and so I actually start pivoting in the middle of the failure. Or I start reevaluating in the middle of the failure. That's a Capricorn thing to do. It's very much so. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> I start reevaluating. Um, now I'll ask for help. Um, but it's, I'm just, I'm really hyper aware internally yeah. now of, of myself, of others, um, of my expectations. Um, frustration is expectations unmet. So making sure that I'm realistic about what I'm applying to somebody else. Um, because sometimes let's say I'm frustrated with you and it's an expectation I placed on you that you didn't even ask for or you don't even know exists, um, which isn't fair to you or to myself. And so, um, yeah, those are the things and and patience and understanding and watch your ego. Are you doing something out of pride? Are you doing something out of ego? Are you doing it because it's best for everybody all the way around? Oh, and also don't let it change you Mm. because uh going through what I went through, it started to change me and how I moved and operated in the world. Yeah. And I did not like that version of myself at all. And so it's that unlearning, right? Of um, am I okay showing up like this every day and can I sleep at night? And if the answer is no, then I need to get rid of it. Hmm. Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I was hoping for. Um what are the things you would say right now are probably the most important things for you to focus on in my life currently mm-hmm. Ooh, do you want a good story oh go ahead okay 
so I've never told uh, this story. Um, so I live in LA. I've been here six or seven months now. And the things, and this is being real honest and true, this is my truth. The, I am such a Capricorn that I prepared for as much as I possibly could before this move. So I had my connections. I had um, the jobs that I wanted. I had the TV networks that I was working with. I knew exactly what I expected and what was coming. And it did not happen. And it did not happen in my time frame. So mm. it didn't initially at first, and then it did, but not in the pace and speed or the time that I wanted it. Life does that to us sometimes. No, it's BS. It's not. <laughs> it's not fair. This is not what I signed up for. I'm like, and I know, I know that in this season of my life, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I have never in my entire 36 years been this sure, and this um, confident in knowing that this is the path I'm supposed to be walking on. But it's not going, though. Like, if this is supposed to be purposeful, it's not going the way you promised me that it would go. Yeah. Like, what's the problem here? And one day I'm taking the kids to the beach um, on a random Sunday. And uh, for some reason, YouTube popped up on my phone instead of my music. And this sermon popped up. And as I'm listening to the sermon, um, the gentleman was talking about, uh, the pastor was talking about the different seasons of your life. And just as, again, really, really loud. God and I have this very, like, real relationship and God says to me this season of your life is motherhood mm. I could give you everything you want but if you lose your children is it worth it and I was like you know what I'm gonna get somewhere and sit down no if the price is my children then no because as much as this transition you are transitioning in this season of your life with the divorce and the move and everything else it is for them as well and I had actually gotten really confident of like, yeah, my kids are thriving. They're doing great. This move has been amazing. God was like, yeah, because you've been there. You've created that safety for them. You've, you've been the constant in their life. And I think one of the things, especially as a parent that I don't celebrate, that I forget to celebrate is my seasons of motherhood. Sometimes everything is not about the money, which is a hard thing to say as a Capricorn yeah. and as a CEO and as someone who's like, heck yeah, I'm good at what I do. I make money. I make investments. Like this is my role and I am crushing it. Yeah. And so to have that come to not a not a halt, it just wasn't the pace that I'm used to. Um, I, I think when we're not given what we want, sometimes it's important to look around and see what season are you supposed to be in or what area is deficient so that you can focus there. And for me, it's not that it was deficient, it's what was necessary. I do not want everything and to lose my sons in the process especially at this cru crucial age for them because they're 11 and 12. Mm. I mean, you you have such a powerful story, some of which we didn't even necessarily get into, and we could continue to talk probably for hours on end. <laughs> With that said, are there any final thoughts that you feel like is important for you to share? Live. Live. Tomorrow isn't promised. Yeah. Live. Um, show up every day as your most unapologetic self. Um, be confident in who you are. You will never be as skinny, as pretty, as handsome, as smart, as whatever as you are in this moment right now. Mm. And so I think it's really important to be, to be present, um, to give yourself grace, to forgive yourself, allow yourself the opportunity to fail, um, and know that none of us have it figured out. Yeah. We don't. We're, 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 we're just figuring it out every single day. It's one foot in step uh, in front of the other. One of the things that I say even about parenting is um, 
I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I've never raised an 11 year old yeah. until just this very moment. Yeah. And so my goal is hopefully my kids don't need therapy by the time that they turn 18 because of me. So my goals are very realistic. But even as a CEO, like someone who started something, Jeff Bezos had never done that before. Right. You just do. So give yourself the opportunity to just do what you're, what you think your purpose is in this life. My goodness. Listen, life whooped my ass. Yeah. I feel you. Ooh, I life mean, whooped my ass. Yeah, that is. Uh, you you share some amazing things. Thank you. Um, and I, I sat and talked with these guys earlier, and we, you know, just talked about my story and how they were like, "It's amazing that you're sitting here." Yeah. And I obviously feel the same about you. Like I, I read obviously quite a few things before we had a chance to sit down, and. There were several things that stood out, one of which was like being 23 years old and having a heart attack yeah. and just going through that experience and how that ultimately can have an impact on the rest of your life. Yeah. And if it was just that one thing. It was enough. Then you could, yeah, you could say that's enough. <laughs> it was enough. But then you have Josiah that mm -hmm. factors into that. And just there's so many things that have happened in your life where if you were to just say, hey, I give up mm -hmm. and you just settle with that. You could tell that what was me story for the rest of your life. And people will, you know, sometimes feel sorry for you and yep. they'll share certain things with you. But I think it's clear that you're the kind of person you won't accept that. You've always had choice. to bounce back. I felt like I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we talked about it momentarily before we got started. Like, even with the heart attack, I say it so nonchalantly because I'm used to just saying it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, too, because the I, I did, but I didn't have the support that I expected and wanted when it happened. And so I think from just a coping mechanism, I just blocked it out. And I'm really good at waffling my life. Um, where each and, like, shelving it in a file. Um, but what ended up happening is, and actually this week in therapy, my, my therapist asked me, she's like, you said that really, really fast. And she's like, can you go back and like really talk about what it was like in that moment? And at 36, I realized that I had never sat with it. Yeah, I'd never sat with um, going back and being honest with myself about how I felt. I was scared. I thought I was gonna die. And I was like, this isn't fair. I felt like I got robbed yeah. of having a newborn. I got robbed of this like experience that you're supposed to have. And, you know, my body failed me and, you know, whatever that means. Um, but I remember one night like watching my dad cry in the middle of the night and he thought I was asleep. Um, and I was like, I cannot die with a six day old baby. And this cannot be. I didn't do anything yet with my life. I haven't accomplished anything yet. I haven't lived. Um, and. I think that moment for me was so pivotal because I was so focused on everyone else. And even at that young age, I've always been about people that I would put myself last and I wouldn't give myself the opportunity to achieve. It was more important for me to be everything for everyone else. Yeah. And, um, and I felt like in a weird way, I accomplished something if I did that. Um, and I like a badge of honor if I sacrificed me in the process. <sighs> um, but I learned very early in life to live yeah. every day and I don't get to give up. I have a six-day-old at home um, that needed me, and I needed to figure out what was wrong with me. 
Um, and luckily for me, it was a, it was a fluke. It was just something that happened. It's not genetics, but you know, even with Josiah, after he was diagnosed, it's like, I felt like I failed my son. Like, what did he do wrong? And what did I do wrong? Um, but I realized in therapy again, that I had to grieve the life I thought he would have and the life that I thought I would have. Yeah. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's not to say that, you know, it's for better, for worse. It's just a life that I imagined and all of that was gone in, in with one diagnosis. Um, and I think once I gave myself the permission to grieve it and grieve this imagination that I'd built up, uh, or this fantasy that I'd built up, I was actually able to, to live in the moment and see life. Like life is so beautiful through his eyes. And through his lens, like, I'm sorry, like I literally could cry. The yeah. way the way that he sees life, even though he's nonverbal, is so beautiful. The things that I would have never noticed, um, like uh, I remember I saw a black squirrel, but I didn't notice it. I, there was this rare flower that I I wouldn't have noticed it. He saw it. Wow. Um, and he's able to read on people's emotions and read um, like someone's nonverbal cues. I didn't learn those skill sets until... I had him and now those skill sets I use in my business. Like when I'm interviewing people um, to work on my team, I can check all their nonverbal cues and know within seconds yeah. whether or not that they're going to be a good fit. My intuition is heightened because of him. Um, I, I, I say this often, but it's because of him that I found my voice because I did not have one. And that is my truth. One of the things that my therapist said to me was that you're the kind of person who would set yourself on fire mm -hmm. so everybody else could stay warm. Yeah. When he said that, mm -hmm. my entire view of the world changed. Yes. I knew when I sat down and I was literally trying to do all of these things for literally everybody in my life. I had a moment where I was sitting in my car and I said, hey man, um, it really doesn't matter what happens with you because you failed all of these people. So since you've done that, if car comes to hit you right now, it is what it is. So I wasn't even resisting it anymore. When I got to that place, I was in such a terrible, terrible place that I wouldn't even allow myself to heal. And I realized that even though I lost my brother, then I lost my uncle, and I almost lost my niece, and I lost another brother, and then the day before his funeral, my younger brother ends up in a car accident, nearly fatal as well. I had to give up control. Mm -hmm. Because all I was trying to do was control the narrative, control all these things, yep. because I felt like I had to be perfect. Yeah. And when I finally realized that wasn't ever the case, my entire life changed. And I feel like as I've sat here and talked to you, a lot of things that you have shared were things I either recognized at some point in my journey, or it's like some stuff that I needed to hear even right now. So some of the questions that I asked you were based on even what I'm going through in this moment. Mm. So I just want to say, I'm not even getting ready to ask you a question, but I just want to say I very much appreciate being able to spend time with you and have 
this talk because the reality of it is I wrote this book as I was going through mm. my journey. I started writing that book years ago. The chapters have changed. A lot of it has changed as I went through my experience. And I said to myself consistently, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. And I said it's so much. I had to ask myself a genuine question. If it's too much, how are you still standing? Yep. Once I caught on to that, mm -hmm. I said, hey, it's going to hurt, but it won't kill you. So I'm so happy to be sitting here with you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have this chat with you. In this moment, I think there are some things that just changed for me. So I just want to say I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for creating the space. And I know that sounds super cliche, but I think having these conversations is important. Um, there were moments where I was like, oh, this is about to take me out. Yeah. And I can't tell you. The it's too much conversation, 2019 to 2022, I was like, Leia, God, my boy, this is not your best work. This is this is not it. This is this is not your best work. That yeah, that that's what all that is. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It is prospering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is prospering. Oh man! Or what, what's the other one? Like God gives us, you know, tough battles with strong shoulders. Yep. When did I sign up for the war? Well, what about? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't I sign don't, up. For no, this. no, yep. thank you. Yeah. Next time, leave me out. Right. No, thank you. <laughs> but also, I mean, it's it's the testimony, right? And I think most people are so afraid to tell their stories, and they're so afraid to to really share the nitty gritty of of what they're dealing with. I know if you would have asked me three years ago if I would ever talk about my divorce, my answer would be hell no. I feel it. Because you don't want to talk about your failures or the things that people would assume would be a failure. Yep. Let me tell you, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. Powerful. It's the best thing that... Sarah Leftout was born from Josiah. Wow. Sarah Leftout was born from... I filed for divorce since... I launched July 1st of 2019. I filed for divorce in September. I didn't tell a soul for two years. Wow. Not my parents, not my sisters. I didn't tell anyone. I dealt with it entirely alone. Um... And a month later, after I filed for divorce, the first investment company came and knocking. Had I been married, I wouldn't have seen it. Wow. I would not have answered that door. I guarantee it. I know me. I would not have answered it. Wow. My dad said to me when I was about 14 years old, he said, God will never give you a test that you can't pass. And then when I was 18 at my high school baccalaureate, the pastor said, God doesn't call on the equipped he equips those he calls. Man. I carried that through every situation I've been through in my life since yeah. then. So, facts. I, again, I feel like we could sit here and chat for another several hours. But, Sarah, thank you so much thank for you. spending time with me today. Again, I just want people to be able to find more information about the work that you do. So can you at least share that with us? Absolutely. Sarah Lifestyle on all platforms. Make it easy. <laughs> easy peasy so with that said man this is uh it's gonna hurt but it won't kill you we just had an opportunity to share some amazing time with sarah lovestyle here as you all know everybody has a story so no matter what life throws at you no matter how tough it gets it's gonna hurt but it won't kill you